Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we have a crazy nuclear revenge story against a mean best friend. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, my girlfriend left me for a rich guy when I was sick, so I rammed my truck into his sports car. I came out of my worst experience in life to find out that my girlfriend had been cheating on me while I needed her the most. In the wake of my heartbreak, I did something I'll never forget in my life, something I didn't know I would ever do. It was the most satisfying thing. Without it, I don't know if I would have been able to get over our breakup. Growing up, I had a lot of issues that I dealt with in my body. My parents and my older brother were the strongest support in my life at that time, mostly because I didn't have any other friends. I could not have had them. When I was a teenager, I hadn't attended a day of high school. We gave up on formal education while I was still in middle school. When my state got so bad, I had to completely stay in all day. The doctors were even surprised that I could make it that long in school. They thought the chaotic and inconsiderate environment would be too much for me to cope with. But my parents were my cheerleaders. I have to deal with high blood pressure, asthma, and ulcers for a very substantial period of my childhood. The blood pressure developed much later. It was mostly due to the fact that I've been an insomniac for as long as I can remember, and then trying to juggle school and others of my interests. Unfortunately for me, I have a fixation problem. I picked up an interest, stayed on it too long, and neglected feeding or sleeping for as long as I didn't break down. I have to deal with a whole lot more problems during cold weather in the winter season. The doctors said I could easily develop pneumonia, which I think I already did, but I was taking medication for another disease which caused my condition to get categorically worse. If you're wondering how I managed to still be alone as a young kid with all these illnesses some adults have never gone through, it beats me too. If you're confused as to how someone as sick as me could bag a girlfriend, here's the full story. We met in the hospital. I hope it doesn't sound cliche, but we did. We were both admitted to the same hospital, her for a less serious case and me for a life-threatening issue. We had the same nurse and because of the state of the hospital, only a curtain separated us both. During that time, we started talking and we became friends. We shared contacts and she promised that when she got discharged, she would keep coming back to check on me. When she got discharged, she kept her promise to bring snacks and flowers and comics that I told her I loved reading. At that time, I was actually fixated on drawing comic book characters, or at least mimicking their art style. She came with sketch pads for me and felt pens to shade with. My parents soon got used to seeing her around. Sometimes my nurse will tell them that I needed something and they would go home and buy it and come to find out that my friend had already gotten it for me. This made them start calling her ally, like the political word where two states are allies, though her name is Allison. At around this time, I was 23. I was no longer a teenager, I had gone through homeschool and I would graduated. I had a car, a truck actually, and I had a driver's license. Apart from reading comics, some of my other hobbies or obsessions were drawing and painting so I pretty much had a life. With looks, I wasn't doing so bad actually. I had long brunette hair that was needing trimming all the time. I was already developing a face full of beard, from sideburns to mustaches and then under the chin. 
The doctors and my mother kind of attributed my quick recovery to my newfound friendship with Ally. They concluded that it was because I They concluded that it was because I quickly wanted to get out of there to hang out with her that my vitals started looking better. Later when they discharged me, the first thing I did was to go out with Ally and to thank her for all her assistance during my admission. My parents invited her to dinner sometime. Since Ally had such a good reputation with my parents and she was kind of my only female friend, I struck a deep friendship with her. Not too long after, we started dating. My life was pretty much normal for a while after that. We spent time in cinemas and restaurants and sometimes just casual walks because it was good for both of us. I even drew and painted pictures of her for fun. In the meantime, I was also making money out of my skill. I was so proud of myself that I fixated on something worthwhile like art and not something useless like a particular color or a particular shape. I made money drawing the pets, children, and family of clients my parents picked up for me. At first, it was just their friends who just wanted to be nice. But after I opened myself up to social media, many more people started seeing my talent. I started getting orders even from other states. I didn't know half the people who used to reach out to me. In the meantime, Ally worked in a department shop as a cashier, and she was also a freelance voiceover artist. Having money was never the reason that brought us together. It never even came up in the picture. I thought I found a simple girl who didn't care for the luxurious things in the world, but soon, Ally started acting weird. One day, she suggested that we go to a new fancy restaurant. I really wanted to please her, so I agreed that we did. It was a once in a while thing. I knew we couldn't keep up the lifestyle of visiting expensive places and fancy restaurants, so I just agreed with it. We ended up going and really enjoying the experience. I knew I spent a lot on that date, far more than I usually would on a meal talk less of two plates, but it was an experience. I loved it. Another part of dating Allie was how energetic I felt around her. My relationship with her strengthened me. I can say that whenever she was around, I would feel my body literally getting stronger. That means if I was having a bad day and I went to meet her, she would end up rubbing off her high bubbly energy on me. She got to the point where it was like my heart drug. She was a new obsession that I was not expecting. My mind kind of fixated on how if she wasn't around, I couldn't be enjoying the experience I was having. Everyone noticed this. My parents, me, and Ally. Of course, we all knew that it was unhealthy for me, but nobody wanted to say anything. After we broke up, I actually needed to go to therapy to get my mind together. During the time we were still together, I was having the time of my life. Did I get to meet Ally's friends? Sure, I met tons of them, but I still preferred it when I was out with her alone. I hated to be caught up in the midst of them. Don't get me wrong, they were very good people, but I wanted my ally alone. My ally time. And soon, even her friends started seeing it as a red flag. They told her that it was an unhealthy obsession which I think it was, but I never stopped her from hanging out with her friends. It didn't become toxic. I didn't hit her. I didn't think I owned her. It didn't stop her from hanging out with her girls. Although I got jealous when she was talking to boys. I only told her nicely what it did to me and it made her blush. We stayed with each other for a little over a year. Even though I was of legal age to leave my parents' apartment and start living on my own, Even if I was of legal age to let my drawing and painting business become my official source of income or at least get another job, even though I could do many things, I didn't want to take any of the risks. My parents too were not ready to say goodbye to their sickly son that quickly. The truth was that I still needed them to do some things for me before I had one of those spells again. Then the time came again. 
I had another very bad incident. It started because of my intense insomnia. Soon my system couldn't handle it anymore. I was having severe pains in my chest and I found out that my blood pressure had really spiked. I couldn't eat, I didn't want to, and also because if I put anything in my mouth, I would throw up. I got some medication to take as prescribed by the doctors in a general hospital. The more I took them, the worse my condition became. My body was now forcing me to rest by frequent faintings. I was restricted to my bed. The nurse came over every day to give me shots and lastly I was put on a drip. My condition didn't improve even with the medication. Soon they had to take me off them because it increased my chest pains and general weakness. Then I was referred later to a cardiologist. The only time I was sleeping was after the nurse came over to give me my injections, but I would sleep with frequent disturbances. During that time, Allie wasn't as frequent in my house as she had been when I was admitted in the hospital. Unlike at that time, she wasn't bringing any flowers or any getting well soon cards or even just stopping to check on me. I mostly spoke on the phone and she would get to know how I was feeling. One time I woke up from a spell that got me unconscious for a bit. Ally was right beside my bed. I was glad to see her when I woke up, but I thought I was hallucinating because the drugs even affected how I was thinking in that period. Sometimes when I woke up, I would think I was still dreaming. All the times when I'd said something before and I woke up again, I forget what I said. I forget that I hadn't eaten. I would think that I had eaten. I forgot some details. I didn't go out for a while and I think it was also affecting my mood. So when I saw Ally there, I started to talk to her like I was talking to my subconscious. And she was answering. She said sorry for not being present all the time, but she also has a life that she was dealing with. I knew she was afraid of being my obsession with her, so her excuse was that she saw this period as the best time for me to get over my fixation on her. Her exact words were that I'd conquer this little issue just like I'd done other ones in the past. During that time, only my family were there for me. Even my brother who moved out and worked in another state had to come back because of my little issue. It was definitely not a little issue. That period ended up being the darkest period of my life. I felt wasted. I was getting older and I couldn't even fend for my parents. All I was doing was being a burden to my parents and now my girlfriend didn't even want me anymore. Just the same way my mind helped me recover quickly the last time, this time around, my mind was the reason it was taking so long for my medicine to kick in. I wanted to give up. I had never lived a normal life since I was born. I wasn't like the other kids. I had no life, really. That period of my life really left me depressed and it was even worse when I couldn't even count one real friend that was with me during that period. I ended up wallowing in my terror instead of actually looking forward to getting well. I started talking about what would happen if I passed. I spoke like I had no hope. And I didn't really. My folks weren't the religious type, so I didn't even have any faith to hold on to for that time. Everyone wanted me to think positively, but I couldn't tell how I would miraculously just start that. Then, gradually, I could stand up and get around for myself. I could eat, but only things like custard and yogurt were appealing to me. When I was almost self-dependent, Ally came to see me again. She wasn't the cheerful, bubbly ally that I missed and really needed to see. She didn't impart any good emotion to me. In fact, she made me feel worse. As a good girlfriend, she said she had come to tell me the truth that I needed to hear. She was no longer in love with me and it wasn't because of the sickness, she assured me. It was because my life and hers don't mix. She told me that she wanted someone who was more intentional about their future than I was. 
It was in the middle of the conversation that I figured out that she was now seeing someone, so I asked. First, she denied it, but later on she gave in and talked about how he's much more manlier than I, and she felt better with him, more secured, safer, and more loved. So that meant while I was struggling with my health, my girlfriend was going to see another guy. Funny how my first guess was actually correct. It was Ben, the rich dude that had a sports car. Even if I didn't know anything about the dudes, it was that he always drove that sports car everywhere. So annoying. After Ally left, I got into my pickup van and left her his house. He lived alone in a big rented home. The pickup truck was parked just outside his building, and I just ran into it. After three successive hits, I turned around. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. ...without accessing the extent of the damage I'd done. As for Ally, I never spoke to her again after that. That incident forced me to get a better life, and now I'm even much better off than Ben. Well, I think OP inspired some change here too. They did a good thing. They inspired Ben and their family to install a camera on the front of their house most likely. That said, our next story is revenge on my mean best friend. Some friendships are built to last forever. It doesn't matter how early or late in life you meet them. Sometimes you just know that they're built to last. Other times you think that a friend will last forever, but they just end up being the one to break your heart. I'm a 22-year-old black American female, and my now ex-best friend, Sam, is a 22-year-old white female. Sam and I have known each other since before we were born. Our mothers met at the antenatal clinic because they were dressed similarly and were both new to town. Coincidentally, they also lived in the same neighborhood and took walks together, cooked together, and did a lot of other things with each other. Sam and I were born three months apart, with her being older and me being obviously younger. The age dynamic played no part in our life, however, as I grew up in a household that prioritized speaking up for rights. I was quick to speak, and was very outspoken about things I didn't like. Sam was more on the quiet side, being the one to calm me down when things seemed to be getting out of hand. Even as a young preschooler, I understood injustice pretty well enough to speak up on it. I was scrawny, but I didn't let bigger kids push me or any of my friends around. As I grew, I began to recognize passive-aggressive, racially-charged situations. And while I was one to call people out on it, Sam chose to stay out of it because she didn't know much on the subject and liked to stay out of things that wasn't any of her business. Now that I think about it, that was a very weird response, seeing as she was best friends with a black person. Still, I wasn't one to need anyone to fight my battles, as I fought them and other people's own pretty well. Sam's parents were my second parents. 
They were there for me when my father battled cancer and my mother stayed with him in the hospital. They were there physically and emotionally when I started failing classes due to undiagnosed dyslexia and they even took me to get it checked out for a proper diagnosis. Where my parents were a little more strong-handed with raising me, and I don't blame them because they were black parents with a black child, living in a predominantly white area, Sam's parents were a little kinder. I saw Sam as an extension of her parents. So even while she was out with her other friends and had zero idea of the things I went through, her parents were kind to me and so she was kind to me as well. The summer before our freshman year of high school, my mother switched from her office job to become a hairdresser, opening up her town place barely a block away from where we lived. The main reason was so that she could keep an eye on my recovering father and me. She also loved hairdressing, so it was no big deal for her. Almost automatically, she became mine and Sam's permanent hairdresser, making us promise to let her try new styles out with our hair. Now, I've got good hair, a full head of coily 4C hair that's as long as the middle of my back when stretched out. Sam had long, dirty blonde hair that was almost always in a ponytail, but still, it was healthy hair. Whenever I didn't have my hair stretched or braided to school and took my afro instead, I would get stares. After a while, I started to notice that my classmates would scoot away from me, giggle and laugh when I passed by. It went on for a few weeks until the school nurse called me in to check for lice. Because apparently there was a rumor that I had lice. Let me clarify again that I was the only completely black student at school. The only other person was a mixed race Japanese girl. I had no idea she was mixed race until her father came to pick her up one time in elementary school. As someone who never let things go, I investigated the case to find out who had been spreading those rumors about me. It turned out to be my best friend, Sam. When I confronted her, she swore that it was just a joke that had been taken out of context. I obviously believed her because she was my best friend. We started to really drift apart in sophomore year when I joined the journalism club. I became friends with a different group of kids and we got along really well together. I even got closer to the club's head, who was a class above me and also played basketball. We went on a few dates together before becoming official. I told Sam during a sleepover, but begged her not to tell anyone, as it was still under wraps. By the end of the week, the entire school knew my little secret. My new boyfriend was fine with it, but it made me incredibly uncomfortable that my own best friend wouldn't know how to keep a secret from me. Again, I confronted Sam and she brushed it off saying everyone already knew anyway and it wasn't much of a secret as I thought it was. At that moment, I knew that I either had to stop telling Sam really important things or find a way to change her. Stupidly, I decided that the latter would be easier because not only was she my childhood friend, she was my best friend for Pete's sake. There had to be a way. My boyfriend and I were together for nearly eight months and we broke up after I wrote an article on black hair and its significance for the school's newly launched online magazine. A lot of the comments from other person of color students supported the article, but the majority thought it was too aggressive and somehow felt threatened by it. One of them, who was Sam. It caused a huge discourse among the journalism team on whether to keep the article up or take it down, and when I pushed for it to stay up, it caused a fight between my boyfriend and I. We argued for a whole week and then he broke up with me for being too stubborn and dramatic about something so simple. He also wanted to get me kicked off the team, but the teacher who headed the club refused it. I was heartbroken and spoke to my best friend about it, 
and despite being comforting and doing all the things like watching sappy movies with me and eating copious amounts of junk food, she also let me know just how much she hated that I was dating him. In the moment, it felt good to hear her say it because I assumed that she missed me. However, in retrospect, I think she meant it in a completely different way. I didn't get with anyone until senior year, when it was time to choose colleges. Sam and I had always wanted to go to California together, so we applied to the same universities. After we got our admission, we started registrations together. During the whole orientation process, I met a cute second year foreign exchange student who had the nicest French accent and incredibly soft, fluffy hair. We got along as friends pretty well, and although I fell really hard for him, I wanted to take it slow. I desperately wanted to tell Sam, but I had my reservations based on past experiences. During that time, I wondered whether or not to tell her. She let me know that she was in a relationship and needed my advice. Something about her asking me softened my heart and I exchanged information about my new crush. She encouraged me to go for it and get together with him, which I did. For a while, school seemed to be going well. My relationship with my best friend was smooth sailing and I had a hot French boyfriend who wanted to be seen everywhere with me. We were together for about 7 months before my 20th birthday rolled around. My boyfriend intended to surprise me with a trip to France, but being the person I was, it was very hard to let anything get past my nose. He decided to tell Sam instead. After all, she was my best friend. From his side of the story, Sam was against taking me to Paris saying something about not being sure if I would fit in. He also mentioned that most of the things she said, she said them suggestively as if trying to make it seem like he was the one thinking or saying it. I was of course pleasantly oblivious while all of this was happening, simply satisfied that my best friends and my boyfriend were getting along. They even had an inside joke between themselves and that just gladdened me even more. I don't know why, but I didn't think that Sam would ever do anything to sabotage my relationship. About two weeks to my birthday, Sam started to tell me about how she didn't trust my boyfriend and that she felt he was just joking around with our relationship. She also found his old Twitter with some racist tweets and showed it to me, making me promise never to tell him that I'd found it. This was where I started to get suspicious of Sam, because my boyfriend still used the same Twitter from over 8 years ago, and most of what he tweeted were gaming crap posts. I was very confused as to who to believe, so I expressed my feelings to another friend of mine. They told me to confront my boyfriend about the accusations that Sam brought forward and see what he said. The way he defended himself would let me know whether he was being honest or not. I took her advice and just a few days till my birthday, I spoke to my boyfriend about how I felt and the things that Sam had told me. He was very red in the face as he explained that Sam had actually been trying to move on him. This was where he spilled the surprise that he had for my birthday and how Sam had discouraged him against it, saying that I didn't know how to act in public settings and that I was too loud. What broke my heart was knowing that these were things that Sam could actually do. I had deliberately blinded myself all these years because I believed that she would change. But hearing my boyfriend talk, I realized that I had been fooling myself. Still, I wanted to hear from the horse's mouth and set up a meeting with them both, asking them to be honest or I would never speak to them again. That was when Sam went on a long rant about how you didn't deserve someone like him because girls like me ended up pregnant at 15 and girls like her were the ones who got with boys like him. 
She said many other things that I would like to not recall, but they were mostly racially charged, and it was so sad seeing all the hatred on her face. Sadness turned to anger when she started admitting to some really crappy things that she had done without my knowledge, and I made it a point to get back at her. After the huge confrontation, it was like a film had been removed from my eyes. I began to see that Sam really wasn't a good person. She did drugs recreationally, skipped classes, and messed around with professors. She also had a few cases of assault and drunk driving to her name, but because she had money, she was able to silence the people she had hurt. I spent an entire weekend compiling evidence on all the BS that she had been involved in, which was well over a year's worth, and I sent them to the school and her parents. Anonymously, of course. She was kicked out of the school and taken to a smaller, more compact rehabilitation center in a desert in Utah, where she was diagnosed with nymphomania, alcohol and drug abuse, as well as some other behavioral issues and would be watched all the time. Did I feel bad after? Yes, I felt absolutely horrible that I did something so life-changing to get back at the girl who was supposed to be my best friend for being racist to me and attempting to steal my boyfriend. But in order to justify my actions, I always tell myself that if I didn't do it, maybe she would have gone too far. I'm 22 now and just graduated from college. My boyfriend and I are still together and we're taking a year to travel around Europe. Sam got out of the rehab center about a year ago and started attending community college close to home. So personally, I just don't have that much remorse against somebody who was so blatantly a closeted racist in the situation. I mean, the way that they kind of hid their true intentions and feelings about OP and then also try to sabotage their relationship, just absolutely no remorse. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 